Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And if you're going to order the number 32, always add extra chili. Why is that? It's just a little known secret, trick of the trade. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to this show because that is a spoiler. That's certainly right, because what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, then we attempt to predict as much of the plot of that blockbuster as humanly possible. But we're not doing that this week. Oh no, we're going back and looking at a movie we predicted in the past and seeing how close we got to predicting the plot. And this week we're talking about uh, the uh, standalone DCU Harley not Quinn... Not quite sequel, not quite spin-off. Yeah, not quite sequel, not quite spin-off Harley Quinn adventure... Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That's right. That's right. It felt like we were talking about this character so recently with yes, the we were. Suicide Squad movie. And now we get to revisit it again, talking about yeah. how we predicted Birds of Prey. Yeah, it's crazy. I felt like I just saw Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad, sorry. And then I'm seeing her again a couple of weeks later yes. in Birds of Prey. <laughs> Now, before we get into talking about how well we did or how poorly we did in Birds of Prey, if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can, because in cinemas currently, if you can get to them, is Candyman. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a long time, hasn't it? That's that something has been we, ages. We predicted I that. I forgot about that movie. We predicted that more than a year ago. And yeah, I completely forgot about it as well because they kept delaying it and it's finally out. It's finally out now. You can go and see it. Is anyone rushing to see that movie? I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see, I guess. There was a lot of hype around it. uh, Yeah, last year. I'd probably recommend seeing it after you see the movie. Maybe go, maybe have a listen before you see the movie just to give you a little bit of uh, pep before you go in. But yeah, generally after you see the movie is a better time to listen just in case we do accidentally spoil something for you. You don't want to be like us where you're sitting there the whole time going, I know exactly what's going to happen next. <laughs> and then being disappointed when it doesn't happen. Yeah, all right. We'll get into it. Don't you worry, buddy D. So, I guess I, I guess that's our warning as well. If you haven't seen this movie, Birds of Prey, yes. and you're worried about anything being spoiled, go watch that movie. We're not going to directly try to spoil the movie, but just talking about what we predicted chances are we're going to spoil a few things for you here and there. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because, yeah, this isn't necessarily a review. I think that's a a clear disclaimer that we should make at the start of every one of these actual spoilers episodes. This isn't necessarily a review of the movie. We're not going to go over the plot of the actual movie beat by beat. So all we're going to do is relate what we said would happen to what actually happens in the movie. So if you haven't seen the movie, you might be a bit confused. And also, if you haven't listened to our original episode on the movie, go listen to that as well because we're only going to reference that episode. So let's get into talking about how well we did with Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. Oh, sorry, oh, of man. one Harley Quinn, also That's known as Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, also known as just simply Birds of Prey. So they officially changed the title three times during the release of this movie. Wow. I thought the title was like, we were speaking about it in the original episode. I thought it was either Birds of Prey or The Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. No, like it was either in brackets and The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. But yeah, Crazy. so that was too long for audiences. So within like, by the time I went and saw it in the cinemas, it was just called Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. And then I think by week two of release, it was just Birds of Prey. So yeah. I think now, oh, well, actually, when I watched it on streaming, they still called it Birds of Prey and The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Well, that's what I was thinking because that's what it was on when I watched it in yeah. streaming. But yeah, like I said, when I saw it in cinemas, up on the marquee, they just had Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. <laughs> I guess it couldn't oh, fit. I guess it wouldn't fit on the, uh, the marquee otherwise because they'd have to yeah. use like all of the letters. Harley Quinn birds. Yeah. They just do it in text talk. Yes. So, Matty D, I always ask this in every actual spoilers episode. How much do you think Birds of Prey made at the box office? I, I, I don't think it did particularly well. You keep saying that. You keep saying that. And then every time you do, the movie does phenomenally. You said that. <laughs> I think, okay, then I think it did really well then in that case. I think you it did said, 500 million. You said in Bad Boys for Life that you didn't think that movie did particularly well. And it ended up being the highest grossing US release of that year. <laughs> It didn't deserve to be, though. That movie sucked. I think anytime you just don't like a movie, which I guess is a bit of a preview of your thoughts, you just presume it doesn't do well. And then every time that you think a movie deserves to do well, you're always disappointed when it doesn't. Like with Charlie's Angels, for some inexplicable reason, you're like, it's a crime that it only made $7 million at the box office. All right, so let's get your honest and open opinion of how much you think it made. Well, opinion, okay, just a guess of how much it made. All right. Um, 
I'm going to guess it made uh, 250 mil. 250 million dollars. Yes. Would you believe that it had a budget of 100 million dollars? Does that change your your guess at all? No, I'm going to stick to my guns. 250. All right. Well, actually, you're pretty close because it made 201.9 million dollars in the worldwide box office. But here's the catch: it needed to make 250 million dollars to break even. <laughs> so. Damn. I kind of threw you off there. <laughs> it was a little bit of a failure. But I've got to say, $200 million is nothing to sniff at. That's still like a, a payday at the end of the day. And well, if they didn't hit their break-even point, then I guess it's not a payday. They lost yeah, money. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something, I guess. Now, the director, Kathy Yan, actually has a few reasons. I call them excuses as to why <laughs> the movie didn't do well at the box office. One of her reasons was that it was a female-led superhero movie and audiences weren't ready for that. Is that what she said? That's one of the things she said. She says, oh, wow. yeah, audiences, just mainstream audiences aren't ready for this kind of movie. Now, that's always an excuse that they pull out because tell that to Wonder Woman, tell that to Captain Marvel, that made money. Another reason she said that the movie didn't do well is because she is a woman of color. She reckoned that people didn't come and see the movie because she was specifically a woman of color. She was, really? Oh. Yeah. But again, I don't quite agree with that sentiment because I didn't know who the hell the director was going into the movie. Yeah, me neither. And I don't think a lot of people would have known that or no, cared about that. Exactly. Like I said, these are just excuses that she's coming up with. You know, the movie didn't do that well and she's trying to cover her ass and she's just like, yeah, oh, I'm a female director, I'm a woman of colour and uh, it's a female-led movie and people don't like that. So apparently you just pick and choose like when you want to like proclaim that your movie is really progressive and then other times you're like, oh, this is holding it back. Mm. Because when a movie is like female-led and it does really well, they're like, look at this, look at how progressive we are. And then when it doesn't do well, it's just like, yeah, audiences just aren't progressive enough. So it's always the audience's fault. It's never the filmmaker's fault. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think like not a lot of people knew about The Birds of Prey, but I thought the Harley Quinn aspect to it would have driven people more into the cinema. But I guess maybe people were over it after it's that. Still made, it still made more than 100 times the amount that Charlie's Angels made. Yeah, true. Like, that's a success in my book. It's actually quite timely that we're talking about Birds of Prey at this point because as of yesterday, at the time of this recording, they've announced a spin-off movie from this movie. They're actually oh doing a Black Canary solo movie. They announced that really? yesterday. Yeah. And look, I don't want that. I don't want that movie. <laughs> that surprises me so much. Like, of all the characters in this movie that you could do a spin-off movie about, Black Canary, come on. Yeah. Why? Who would want to see that? No offense to, you know, Julie Smollett-Bell or whatever her name was, but yeah, she was probably one of the least interesting characters in the movie. I agree. Like, why not make like a Huntress spin-off? Yeah. Or even like a Renee Montoya spin-off, I'd probably prefer it over a Black Canary movie. How weird. I That character did not stand out for me at all. Yeah, she and the, and the performance, okay, the performance was fine, but it wasn't great, was it? Well, I was just going to say, I, I don't think it was her per se. I think that she wasn't given, like a lot of characters, a lot to do so that a certain other character could have a lot to do. Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, she had a moment where she screamed and killed some people, but still. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, we could talk about how that didn't make sense later on. But anyway, before we get into what we said, can you quickly explain our point system to anyone who might not be familiar? We forgot to do it last time. Yeah, absolutely. So, essentially, we're going to break down all the things we said in our prediction. If we got something completely right where there was no information leading up to us, Having that revelation, we get two points. If we predict something that we saw in the trailer and we predicted it exactly how it plays out in the movie, we give ourselves one point. And if we kind of got on the right track, we're not quite right, but we were, were kind of had enough elements to kind of get a vague point of what happened in the movie, then we give ourselves half a point. Yep, that's perfectly succinct. But something that wasn't perfectly succinct was your plot. Let's get into it right now. <laughs> Oh, man. Look, can I just say I had a really strong idea of my beginning. I had oh, a really you? strong idea of my end. Oh, okay. And in the middle, I didn't know. So, I was kind of making it up on the fly. You sound like the filmmakers. <laughs> I know. So, tell me about it. You actually said in that original episode that you were quite confident. That's a quote. You said you were quite confident. And by the end of the episode, you guessed that you'd be around 65 to 70% accurate to the movie. Uh, Let's find out if that's the case. <laughs> So oh, you, all right. you said that the movie would open up with a musical montage showing Harley Quinn going through an over-the-top grieving process. 
Now, I gave you a point and a half for that because the movie does open with an animated sequence, not a musical number. But we do have a montage of Harley Quinn dealing with her breakup shortly after this animated sequence. So that's pretty close. Yeah. And it was set to music as well. So it was technically a musical montage. Well, yeah, I guess so. We kind of see it in the trailer a little bit. But yeah, Yeah. I guess that does play out in the movie. That's why I didn't give you the full two points. Because first of all, it was in the trailer. So I gave you a point for that. And then I gave you half a point because this musical montage doesn't take place at the start of the movie. Though it's actually really close to the start of the movie. (laughs) Yes. And next, you said in the musical montage, we'll see Harley Quinn crying, eating chocolate, stabbing a picture of the Joker, buying a jackal or a hyena from a vet. I actually, <laughs> I gave you two points for that because all of those things happen in the montage. I know. But I was quite impressed. I just want to point out as well that she doesn't actually buy Bruce the hyena from a vet. She buys him from like a, an illegal sort of animal merchant. Yeah, like an animal smuggler. Yeah, who she ends up feeding to the hyena in the movie. Hey, hey, it's not a warehouse either. No, we'll get to that. Now, I just thought I'd point out as well that throughout your plot, you kept referring to the hyena as a jackal, even though it doesn't look anything like a jackal. It quite clearly looks like a hyena. (laughs) Oh, well. I changed my mind halfway through when you correct me. Yes. I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just like, you look like a fool and (laughs) cost you points today. I don't know what a jackal and a hyena look like. Clearly, listening to that episode. Now, you said that Harley Quinn talks with a hyena and convinces herself to get over the breakup and go out and live her own life. I gave you two points because that pretty much happens in the movie. And you said that Harley goes out to a jazzy night spot, which happens to be the Pongo Lounge. <laughs> now, I gave you half a point because, first of all, it's the Pogo Lounge. And second yes. of all, it's clearly not the Pogo Lounge. Yes. The, the famous night spot or the stand-up comedy venue that we saw... In the Joker. Oh, uh, look, it was obviously not going to be the Pogo Lounge. I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was just trying to dart my sword there. Yeah. Uh, I think you just wanted to mention the Pongo Lounge and call it the wrong thing again. I did. Now, you said at the nightclub, Harley sees Black Canary singing on stage. I gave you a point for that because, of course, it was in the trailer. And you said that Harley Quinn speaks to Black Canary and tells her all about herself and what a Harley Quinn is. But Black Canary doesn't want anything to do with Harley Quinn. Again, I gave that you- happens. Yeah, it happens. But it was also in the trailer. So I gave you a point for that. You said that while Black Canary is distracted. So, in your mind, Harley Quinn is talking to her, distracting her from, like, her job of singing on stage. And while Harley Quinn is talking to her, while she's distracted, she jumps on stage and starts singing a song. (laughs) Not quite sure how that works. (laughs) Yeah. Now, as silly as that sounds, I actually gave you half a point for that because Harley Quinn does jump on stage at one point and starts dancing and throws a drink on Black Mask Driver. So, that's, Mm. that's close enough to singing. Yeah. So far, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, don't get used to that. You said that Black Mask bursts in and interrupts Harley Quinn's performance and tells everyone that he's looking for a woman called Cassandra Kane, who has been spotted here in the club. Now, that doesn't actually happen at all in the movie, and Cassandra Kane is not a woman. She's a young girl. So, I'm, I think you were trying to make up for uh, Jojo Rabbit, where everyone was trying to say that the, the clearly the woman hiding in the walls was a young girl. To this day, they still refer to her as the young girl living in the wall. Yeah. Which still annoys me. Now, you said that Black Canary has been secretly keeping Cassandra under her wing, pun intended there, and I actually gave you a point and a half for that because Black Canary throughout the movie is kind of protecting Cassandra. She isn't really hiding her. That's more Harley Quinn's job, but she is, as much as she can, trying to keep Cassandra Kane from harm because I think they live in the same building. But they have no relationship like I thought thought they would have. No, no. You said that Harley Quinn will be upset that her song is interrupted and attacks Black Mask and his Mafia goons. Now, yeah, nothing like that really happens in the movie. I mean, there's plenty of fights with Mafia goons and you get points for that later on, but yeah, not at this point. I I guess I was kind of thinking she'd be a mess at this stage and have like a psychotic outbreak. She doesn't really do a lot of that in this movie. No, she's very sort of down to earth, weirdly enough, for the character. It's all comical. It's not vicious. No. Well, she does jump on a man's legs and breaks them. Yeah, but he deserves it, right? Because he's a sexist. Yeah, I guess so. Well, actually, there's a lot of that in the movie. Basically, anybody who gets their comeuppance is because they're sexist. Yeah, there's a little bit of that lying in this movie. It wasn't as on the nose as in Charlie's Angels, if you ask me, but it was still there. (laughs) No montage of young girls doing triumphant things. No. And they didn't specifically call out people as sexist either. You said that in the chaos, so this is while Harley Quinn is fighting Black Mask and his goons. You said that in this chaos, Black Mask spots Black Canary trying to usher Cassandra out of the club (laughs) and orders his men to get them. And I gave you half a point because close enough, you know what, similar stuff happens throughout the movie. So yeah, you know what, <laughs> Thanks, just, just Thanks, toss a casual half a point your way. You said that Harley and Black Canary fight off the Mafia goons. I gave you half a point because yeah, they fight Mafia goons all throughout the movie. 
not really at this point in the movie, but still, why not? If I don't give you points now, you're not going to get them later. Thank you. You said that Harley gets hit in the neck with a dart and all three of the girls are captured. Now, I gave you a point and a half for that because they are captured several times throughout the movie. And at one point, Harley Quinn is shot in the neck with a dart. And this happens much later in the movie, though. Yeah, I think I must have seen that in the trailer. I don't think it was in the trailer. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was very impressed because I don't think it was in the trailer. So, I don't know where you got it from, but yeah, it happened. From this brilliant mind. Mm. Now, you theorized at this point that Black Mask would hang three random people upside down and try to find out where Cassandra Kane is. You're really confused because you're like, I thought initially it was Harley Quinn, Black Canary, and Cassandra Kane, but then I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. So they're just three random people who he's questioning about uh, Cassandra Kane. Now, you're so far from what actually happens in the movie that I'm not even giving you half a point for that. That scene in the trailer threw off my whole plot. It confused me. It, it took me down a, a, yeah. a completely different road. I was just like, who are these people? How does this scene fit in? And it just destroyed my confidence predicting yeah. the plot. Now, one thing we should point out straight away, something we should explain to the audience who may not be aware, something that was really throwing us off was that we weren't aware of why Black Mask was specifically trying to catch Cassandra Kane. Mm. They didn't actually say why in the trailers, but if we'd actually looked at the posters, something that we always say on this show is we look at the trailers, the posters, the promotional material, blah, 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 blah. But if we'd looked at the poster for Cassandra Kane, we would have seen that she's surrounded by diamonds. She's standing on a giant diamond surrounded oh. by diamonds. So we didn't pick it up, but she actually, in the real movie, swallows a diamond, which in its sort of like integral makeup contains the code to the Bertinelli family fortune. And of course, Roman Sionis is trying to get that to get that money for whatever reason. He's a gangster. Yeah. And Cassandra Kane swallows that diamond. Neither of us got that at all no. from the promotional material, so that really threw us off. So I think if we'd got that detail, we would have been way closer to nailing this plot. And how crazy is it that the spoiler I had for that episode that we did included a diamond in it? Yeah, you're right. We, we talked at length about diamonds, yet we couldn't work a fucking diamond into our plots. <laughs> It's like so cruel But I don't know If I saw diamond imagery on that poster I probably wouldn't have picked it up nonetheless No, I don't know I don't know if I would have either Yeah, that surprised me that point in the movie Yeah, so back to your plot You said as well that it turns out that Cassandra Kane actually escaped capture So earlier you said that she was captured But then I guess you threw a twist in there And she said she wasn't actually captured So Black Mask interrogates Harley and Canary as to her location Now I've got a question You didn't get any points for this Because it doesn't happen But I do have a question. If Cassandra has just escaped, how would Black Canary and Harley know where she went? Maybe they don't. <laughs> Maybe they don't, but Black Mask thinks they do. So I, she's like, I've captured you guys, but I didn't capture her. Where did she go? <laughs> how would you guys know? Well, Canary knows uh, Cassandra. Yeah, that was my next point. Specifically, why would he question Harley Quinn since she doesn't have, she wasn't involved with Cassandra Cannon yet, and she doesn't know her at all in your plot? I don't know, okay? <laughs> I have no idea. I just needed to fit her in an interrogation scene. Yeah. So he threw that in there. So you said that the Mafia goons interrogate Harley, but she doesn't take it seriously. Now, I gave you half a point for that because they do interrogate her at one point in the movie. I think they are actually trying to threaten to kill her for being, you know, a troublemaker. But mm. she basically pleads for her life and says, look, if you're after this Cassandra Kane girl, I'll get her for you. Yeah, because we saw that in the trailer and I think I was just trying to fit that in where yeah. she's tied up to a chair. Yeah. So I only gave you half a point for that because she does kind of take it seriously. Now, you said that Victor Zaz pops up at this point with Cassandra and Victor Zaz in your plot apparently doesn't work with Black Mask and he wants to trade Cassandra for Harley. He wants to kill Harley. Now, I gave you half a point for that because Zaz does capture Cassandra at one point. Yes, That's the closest thing to the movie. You said that Harley manages to get free and escapes with Cassandra. Suddenly she cares about her now. Mm -hmm. I gave you half a point because, yeah, I guess that happens a few times. And you said that Cassandra and Harley bond while driving. I gave you a point for that because it was in the trailer. Now, interestingly, you said that they are pulled over. So, <laughs> there's like a siren starts up. They're pulled over by Huntress, Renee Montoya, and Black Canary, who are yes. all apparently working together by this point in your plot. And they've The been birds out- of prey already existed. Yes. And they've been out searching for Cassandra. So, somehow, somehow Black Canary escaped from Black Mask. We didn't see yes. that. <laughs> it's all- it happened off screen. Yeah. Okay. And I gave you half a point for that because, you know what, whatever. They all team up later in the movie. Why not give you half a point for it now? 
<laughs> thank you, thank you. I think it's important to say that, like, I thought, and I was wrong, obviously, so it doesn't matter, but I thought that the Birds of Prey would already have existed as a team, and Canary was helping Cassandra because she was part of that organization. I didn't right. explain that on the episode, but that's kind of my thinking when I went into this. I don't think I had that same thought, but I can see why you thought that. Mm-hmm. Because the movie is called Birds of Prey, and I guess you sort of knew a bit about their history, so yeah. yeah, who knows. Now, you said that Black Mask wants Cassandra because she witnessed a crime he committed, and she's the only one who can testify against him. Now, that's completely wrong, though I'm not going to give you too much of a hard time for it, because I said exactly <laughs> the same thing in my plot. Because it's the, the thing that makes the most sense. If you don't know about the whole diamond angle. Yeah. But, you know, wouldn't he just, I was going to say, wouldn't he just kill her, but I guess that is what he's trying to do. Yeah, all through the movie and all through our predictions as well. Yeah, okay. Let's not get too hung up on it. (laughs) We were wrong. Let's not blame the movie for that. (laughs) Okay, so you said that the Mafia guys and Zaz attack our heroes while they're hanging out on the side of the road. So don't forget they've pulled over Harley Quinn and Cass at this point. So the Mafia goons just easily, (laughs) they're following Harley Quinn and they just catch up with them. Uh, I gave you half a point for that because, yeah, close enough, they have a fight with the Mafia in the streets (laughs) later in the movie. Is, Is that the theme of my plot, close enough? Yes, you will notice that pretty quickly. So after this fight, you said that Harley suggests that they go to an old amusement park. Look, we're getting to the end already. Hey. Where she has a stash of weapons stored. I gave you a point for that because, of course, that was in the trailer. And you said that at the amusement park, all the characters will get to know each other and they explain their backstories to each other. I gave you two points for that because that basically happens in the movie. I guess it does happen at the amusement park, right? Yes, that's right. So that's where all of the characters meet up for the first time and they explain why they're there to Harley Quinn. So, yeah, two points for that. Yay, my best prediction. You said that the bad guys arrive at the abandoned amusement park, which leads to a final battle, which will be a lot of fun. I gave you two points for that. And because it was technically in the trailer, I gave you a full two points because I I tell you what, it was a fun action scene. So you were right there. You said that Cassandra Kane is captured again during this (laughs) battle in the amusement park. I gave you two points for that because she is. She gets captured a lot. Yep. And she gets rescued a lot. And you said that Harley Quinn will go after Cassandra herself. I gave you two points for that because that does happen. That's the scene in the movie where she somehow is immune to Black Canary's scream and is able to like roller skate right into its path and not be affected by it at all. I was confused about that. So yeah, it's shown quite clearly in the movie that Black Canary like arcs up and screams at everybody and it like kills them. And then Harley Quinn's like, oh, give me one sec. And then she like roller skates right into the path of the scream. And it's just not, not even with her hands over her ears. If she had her hands over her ears, I'd understand it. But she was just completely unfazed by it. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe because she was in the center of the screen. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe her scream only affects men. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Women and are glassware. immune. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, this is where your plot kind of goes completely off the rails. I don't know why you thought your ending was that strong because you said that... This is the part uh, where it goes off the rails? Yeah, because you said that uh, so far what you've said basically happens in the movie, but you said that this all leads to a gunfight in Black Mask Mansion, Mansion? (gasps) which, yeah, he doesn't have a mansion in the movie and there's no final gunfight in the the movie, unless you count the Bertinelli family being shot, being gunned down ruthlessly in their mansion. To be honest, it was me seeing the Bertinelli mansion in the trailer and yes. thinking that was like masks. Yeah, that's got to be it. And you said that Harley Quinn tranquilizes Zaz and he's captured <laughs> by the police. Nope, he's killed off by a, an, a crossbow bolt through the neck. And yeah. you said that Harley Quinn would hit Black Mask in the face with a red hot baseball bat, giving him his <laughs> trademark black and Black Mask face, like his Al he Jolson. He blackface. Yes. No, that doesn't happen at all. And then you said that throughout the movie, Black Mask is shown to be vain and emotionally sensitive and unstable. I gave you two points for that because that wasn't really obvious in the trailer, but it's actually pretty accurate to the movie. Yeah, pretty much his character. He's essentially a spoilt rich kid who always wants to get his way. You said that Black Mask would survive the movie. (laughs) Nope, he's blown up with a grenade and no one major would die. Nope, that's completely wrong. Well, who did die? Zaz, Black Mask... And plenty of nameless mafia right. henchmen. So the fact that you said both Victor Zaz and Black Mask would specifically survive is completely wrong. Well, those are big characters. I was like, there's no way they'll kill them off. Yeah, well, they're never going to bring them back for another Batman-related movie. I guess not. You said that Harley Quinn escapes from the rest of our heroes and drives off into the sunset. So she's with the Birds of Prey and then it's just like, well, see you guys later. Dashes off into the distance. I gave you two points for that because that exact thing happens in the movie. They're all hanging out and having Mexican food and drinking margaritas or whatever. And then she's just like, see you guys later and steals Black Canary's car. (laughs) So, yeah, that was worth two points. And poor Cass doesn't get to take a shit. Well, she does. She's in the bathroom like saying, can you bring the colander? Which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) 
I was waiting for a scene where like Harley Quinn had spread out like newspaper on her floor for her and was like standing there with a potato masher. Like when when you're a kid and you swallow like a 20 cent piece. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, No, because I never swallowed a 20 (laughs) cent piece. Okay, it was just me then. All right, so you said that the movie would end with Harley Quinn breaking into jail while in disguise to free, of all people, Captain Boomerang. Now, I gave you half a point for that because while it doesn't happen in the movie, Harley Quinn does break into the jail at one point to kidnap Cassandra. And while she's in jail, who does she see? She sees a wanted poster for Captain Boomerang. I know that guy. That was a pretty good guess for me. I mean, I know it didn't happen, but... No, that was a good guess. There you go. So, that was your movie. Now, I do actually give you a couple of bonus points as well because at the end of your plot, you said that the movie would be confusing and we won't be quite sure what's going on most of the time. (laughs) And I gave you a point for that because that's actually true. So, the way that they've edited the movie is that they show everything sort of out of sequence to explain what just happened. Oh, if that makes my sense. God, so bad. It made so much more sense, I've got to say, watching it the second time. But the first time I watched it, I was so confused. But the second time around, because I knew to expect it, I'm like, oh, it makes more sense. And the second time around, I was like, oh, it was actually kind of clever the way that they did that. Sort of like a Pulp Fiction thing going on there, but not quite as well done. Yeah. And I gave you another bonus point. You'll be happy because I gave you two bonus points for this. During my plot, you joked that the Black Mask nightclub will be called Black Mask. Guess what? It's called Black Mask. (laughs) (laughs) So, I gave you two points for that because that was an excellent prediction. And that was your best prediction in the whole episode. (laughs) The fact that his club will be called Black Mask because it is. I could not believe that at all. And it had the symbol as well. It had like a Black Mask symbol. Yeah, you're right. So, if you count up all of those points, if you tally them together, that gives you a total of... 30.5 points. Oh, wow. Now, you said that you'd be around... What was your numbers that you gave? Did you say you would be around 65 to 70% accurate? I think I did, right? Now, I did a little bit of maths here. so You've got to be kidding me. I did the same thing for your plot. You would need exactly 65 points to be 100% accurate. So, if you look at your 30.5 points, that would make you around 45% accurate. So, not quite 65 to 70, but you were 45% accurate. I, I can't, I can't I believe you did the same thing with my plot. I, yeah, I, I was gonna. I didn't want to tell you straight off, but yeah, I've done the same thing with your oh, plot. Oh, wow. What are the percentage. chances? Oh, it's because we both said at the end of the plots, like, we both gave a percentage of how close <laughs> we were. And if you think about it, it's easy to work out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm really surprised by that mark there because I think I, I thought I did really bad listening back to that plot. I tell you um, what, I will give you this compliment. When I first listened to your plot, I thought it was a complete mess and didn't make any sense. But then yes. listening back to it for this episode, I'm like, actually, Matty D actually does have a pretty succinct plot now that I think about it. And all of the pieces sort of fit together in the movie in a very loose way. So, if anything, out of the two of us, I feel like you were kind of closer to the actual movie. But mm. just because your movie sounded like a confusing mess with all these different moving parts, you somehow were weirdly accurate to the movie. Yeah. Around 45% accurate, of course, but still... <laughs> I want to give you a compliment because you were fairly close to the actual movie. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I mean, I had I I'd sort of written a plot for this movie and then changed my mind and written another plot for this movie and then tried to merge the two plots together. Yeah, it so. shows. <laughs> now, I don't want you to get too excited. Neither of us were really that close to the actual no. movie, but I think out of the two of us, you were closer. But at the end of the day, if you listen to our plot and watch the movie, they don't really gel. They, no. we, we weren't really close at all. On that note... Well, let's go into what you thought was going to happen in this movie. So, similar to me, you thought you thought it was going to open up the breakup of Harley Quinn and the Joker. I give your point straight off the bat. It does happen in the movie and it, you know, we knew that from the trailer, essentially. Next thing you say is that she's going to go. So, in your movie, she decides when she's sort of having this breakup that she's going to go to the Joker's warehouse where yeah. he keeps his loot. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be henchmen guarding the warehouse and they're going to be unaware that this breakup happened. So they're going to be fine with Harley Quinn walking into this place and doing whatever she wants to do. And this is where she gets the hyena that she keeps as a pet. Yep. Now, there's no warehouse in this movie. No. The closest thing is a chemical plant in which- Yeah, Ace Chemical Plant. Yeah. Yeah. Which she does burn to the ground and cause an explosion, which I give you half a point for because you said- that she would do this. She would beat up all the henchmen in the warehouse and, you know, burn the warehouse to the ground. 
in the actual movie, it's the chemical plant that she burns to the ground. There's no sort yeah. of warehouse. Yeah, that part. wasn't in your plot either. No, it was not. But I give you half a point for that. So yeah. that's something. Next, you said we're going to flash to Montoya, who's investigating the warehouse explosion and puts two and two together and realizes that it was caused by Harley Quinn. Two points, even yep. though it wasn't a warehouse. Montoya then finds out about Harley Quinn through that explosion. Yep, that she happens. finds her J necklace at the scene of the Ace Chemical fire. <laughs> Yes, yes. They really struggled to like reference the Joker, but not have him in too much. Yes. Did you like how in the animated sequence he didn't look at all like Jared Leto's Joker? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I thought that was all great. Right. I was like, wow, they're really just sticking it to Jared Leto. They're like, you didn't even exist. <laughs> I still stand by the fact that I think Black Mask was supposed to be the Joker. Oh, I tell you what, I don't think I remember you saying that though. That's actually a pretty good theory. It would make it way more clean when you think about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Except she'd end the movie by blowing up the Joker with a grenade. Yes. Actually, that would be kind of cool if you think about it. It would be. There you go. Okay. Because the whole, like, black mask being like, I'm your master made no sense. Because where was their pre-existing relationship? Yeah, they didn't really have one. No. Except for her, like, except for him hiring her, I guess. But that would, I tell you what, that would make for a great movie now that I think about (laughs) it. Yeah, if you swap out Black Mask with the Joker, and they, they have this whole like antagonistic relationship where he's like threatening to kill her, and she's trying to cause trouble for him. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Oh, yeah, and I'm and disappointed makes, now. It makes sense that why you know if if say instead of Black Mask, the Joker captures Harley Quinn, and she's like, "Don't kill me, I'll help you find the diamond." Yeah, it, it just makes way more sense yeah. if you just insert the Joker rather oh, wow. than uh, Black Mask. We should do it like our own fan version of the movie, where it's just we replace Black Mask with the Joker. That would have been Look, great. I think there was a script out there that had the Joker in this role, and then because of Jared Leto's performance, they switched it out. Well, I think it was okay. You're probably right. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say I don't think it was because specifically of his performance, but uh, or I him guess, leaving. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. So back to your plot. So you say that the hyena will be treated as an attack dog for Harley, which is correct. It mm-hmm. is. Yep. It'll viciously attack enemies by biting it, biting them in the nuts. I'm pretty sure that did happen. Yep. And most most of the time, it'll hang out around Harley Quinn's house because the movie won't want to pay for CGI. Two points. Yep. And it was CGI, I believe, as well. <laughs> it was. It was. I, I actually so- thought it was pretty good CGI. I saw it in the cinema and I thought it was animatronic. But watching it again on the small train, I'm like, oh, it is CGI. Yeah. yeah it looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, it didn't look real, let me say that. I thought it was animatronic, <laughs> but I thought it was like in the scene with her. I didn't realize it wasn't actually real. Yeah. Yeah. It, d- it didn't take me out of the movie. No. So that's something. Now we're going to cross to Cassandra Kane in your plot, whose father works for Black Mask. So your mm. theory was that she, her father was going to be a uh, member of or an employer of Black Mask. And you thought that Ali Wong, who we saw credited in the movie, was yeah. going to play Cassandra's mother, yeah. this guy's wife. I think I steered you in the wrong direction there, so that was my bad. So, oh, it's all good. Inter- that doesn't happen in the movie, but interestingly enough, you said that Mr. Kane is leaking information to Montoya, which is very, very close to the plot now. Oh, yeah. Cassandra Kane's father is not in the movie at all. That's not the link between Cassandra Kane no. and Black Mask. But there is an informant that is leaking information to Montoya, and yeah. Black Mask does find out about it and kills. Uh, or does he find out about it? In any case, uh, there is there is. Well, a the leak. leak is Black Canary. Yeah, it turns out to be Black Canary, yeah. So, I'll give you half a point for that. Now, Black Mask, uh, in your plot, Black Mask finds out that Mr. Kane is leaking information and the scene in the trailer happens where they're all strung up and he chops their heads. He kills Cassandra Kane's family, but Cassandra Kane manages to escape being a valuable witness that Black Mask wants to hunt down. Not quite, as said. I would say it's completely inaccurate to the actual movie. She eats a diamond like an idiot. Yep. Um, Which, by the way, that would have torn up her insides. Yeah. One of the sharpest objects in the world, a diamond, and she's putting it through her intestinal system. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. Look, I give you half a point because Black Mask is after Cassandra Kane. Yeah, fair enough. You know, but not for that reason. Now, you said that Black Mask will put out a bounty on Cassandra, Mm -hmm. and every wannabe assassin gets the memo like off John Wick. Yes, Although the reasoning is different, obviously she, he's not after her because he, she's a potential witness. No. he's after the diamonds. But you've this just got to ignore, you've just gonna ignore that aspect, Matty D. You've just got to ignore the whole potential witness <laughs> aspect. Hey, hey! I gave you two points for that because that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah, that's right. Because he puts out a half a million dollar bounty on her to all of Gotham's low lives. Yeah, yeah. Now you said that Cass is going to go straight to the police, which makes a lot more sense than what happened in the movie. I think she got picked up for pickpocketing. Yeah, in the that's actual right. Yeah, and Montoya promises to protect her. 
Now, Harley Quinn figures, oh, well, I can make some money here. So she decides she's going to collect this bounty. And I was really impressed with this description, by the way, because you said, and you pretty much described the scene that we see in the trailer in which Harley Quinn goes into the police uh, station. She shoots all the people there with beanbags non-lethally. Yep. And she goes and, you know, takes Cass and sort of steals her. And that exactly is what happens in the movie. So I'll give you two points for that. And you also said that the reason she's doing it is because she wants to start up her own bounty hunting business. Yes. Which she does. So two points for that. She even has a little business card. Which is handwritten bounty hunter on it. Exactly. And mercenary, (laughs) which he couldn't spell. I was so impressed that you called that. Yeah. In fact, you called this whole scene. That was a whole stab in the dark as well. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, there you go. Well done, sir. Well done. So Harley Quinn is going to take Cass in in her car. There's going to be assassins that try to intervene. This is what happens in the movie. And we see this in the trailer, but Harley Quinn- So it's not Huntress pulling them over like she's a policewoman? (laughs) No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Harley wants to take the bounty for herself. So she's going to kill these assassins that attempt to try to take Cassandra Kane. Yep. Now this is partly true, but some of them are also after Harley Quinn. Yes. So you get some points there, but it's not quite on the money. Now- Harley Quinn convinces herself, I guess, in this car ride that Black Mask is exactly like Mr. J and every other man and decides that she's not going to, you know, she's not going to work for him. She's going to actually slice him. She's not going to turn over Cassandra to Black Mask. Yeah, that's right. She's She's going to turn good. She's not going to deliver the bounty. Now, this doesn't really happen, but it is kind of the ethical question that goes through the movie in which Harley Quinn decides at the end, that she doesn't need a master and she's not going to do what Black Mask wants and she's going to go her own path. So I'll give you a point for that. Yeah. You know, it's more it's more of, it's more more of right than giving you half a point, I think. Okay, fair enough. They get interrupted by the vigilante, the Black Canary, who quite understandably thinks Harley Quinn is a bad guy trying to collect cast for the bounty, which she was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they yeah. have a fight and Harley Quinn convinces her that that's not her intentions and that the two should team up. And you said that this happens at Harley Quinn's house. No such interaction no. happens in the actual no. movie. We then see the Huntress training in her mansion. Her <laughs> crime father gets a text message about the bounty. Yeah. Wow, her parents are still alive in my plot. <laughs> I know. I know. So this is what uh, allows the Huntress to find out about Black Mask's plans in the movie. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, we do see a montage of Huntress training in a mansion. We do. Uh, over is, in Italy, I believe. Yeah, which is, I think, what Sorry, you, Sicily. Why, which is why I think you thought this happened there. Yeah, but no, in the movie, she actually left the mansion a while ago, and all her family is dead. Yeah, <laughs> but I do give you some credit there because the movie sets her up to be just another no-name assassin. Yeah, that's right. And so I guess you're right in that respect, but in in the movie, this is all played as a vendetta. She's just killing people that killed her family. Yeah, that's right. Including Victor Zaz. Victor Zaz was one of those people as well. (laughs) As a young, fresh-faced, happy man. Yes, with no tallies on his body. I know, I know. So in your plot, Black Mask is now stressed. He knows that Harley Quinn is set against her. And she was her. She was his one chance of getting his hands on Cass. So he decides to send out the big guns and sends Victor Zaz after them. Mm-hmm. Now this does happen in the movie. Zaz is actually sent out in the final climax to deal with the problem. So I give you two points there. Well, there you go. Because when things are going really bad, he sends Victor Zaz out. So Victor Zaz captures them all, but they're saved by the Huntress before anything bad happens. However, not all of them is not all of them are rescued. Zaz actually captures Cass and runs away with Cass. And I give you half a point because there is a point in the movie where he does get yeah. his hands on Cass, but it, it's not not played out like this. It yeah, sort of happens yeah. at the amusement park. Huntress, Canary, and Harley Quinn all decide to team up, and they go to Harley's former hideout in the amusement park. But mm-hmm. I'm shocked to see that all the weapons are taken. I give you a point because we see that in the trailer. Yep. But well done. That does happen. Suddenly, Montoya appears and explains that the police knew about the hideout and, of course, have seized all the assets. Hang on. Can I just pause for a second? Mm-hmm. There's a scene in the movie where, mm. as we just described, they go to the amusement park and Harley Quinn's like, oh, I've got all these weapons here, opens up the sort of like display case and it's all empty. And she's like, oh, no, the Joker took all the weapons. But yeah. then two seconds later in the movie, she's just like, oh, hang on a sec. She opens up her crate and it's just full of weapons. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So it didn't matter that the, all the weapons were gone. Yeah. And who and who stole all the weapons and why did they leave that crate there? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the Joker took all of his weapons and then he was just, I'll leave Harley her stuff. I don't want Harley's stuff. I'm not a monster. No. I'm not going to take her assets. No, exactly. <laughs> all righty. So, Huntress, Canary, Harley Quinn, convince Montoya to all join together. They say that black mask owns the police (laughs) yeah um which i guess like why is he worried about going to jail if he owns the police but anyway we'll move on and this is where the birds of prey are formed two points because it happens in this amusement park yep they do all join together and they do kind of 
banned for the same cause. The final scene happens in, you said they go to Black Mask's cabaret club. Yep. Um, Harley Quinn sings Diamonds Are a Girl's Best yeah. Friend as a distraction. Yeah. While the other girls sneak in, Huntress, Canary, and Montoya start a big shootout with Black Mask's goons. Harley joins in and breaks a guy's legs. Yeah. All the women handle their own even caskets to beat up the odd goon. And now I give you a point. Uh, more than a half because there is a shootout. It does happen at the end of the movie. It does kind of happen this way, but it happens in the amusement park, not yep. in the cabaret club. Yeah. You're not even giving me half a point for the breaking of the legs? Or are you just, are uh, you just putting everything I said into one single point, which isn't really that fair? All right. Well, I give you a point because you, it is in the trailer, the leg breaking bit. Okay. So you're not giving half a point for the shootout or anything like that? I give you, I give you a point for the shootout. So how many points altogether for that one collective moment do I get? Two. Okay, cool, fine, fair enough. One point for the leg break, one point for the uh, shootout. Okay, cool, makes sense now. <laughs> I thought you were just giving me one point for the lot, and I was just like, hang on a second, there are a few elements in there. <laughs> but no, it, it's, it's all good, I was just completely mistaken. That's all right, I, I'm giving you your due, I'm giving you your due. I just want to also point out that you said that Cass would not have a broken arm, and she would also trip over her shoelaces at some point. Okay. <laughs> Neither of those things are true. No, she does have a broken arm. And yes. uh, she doesn't trip over her shoelaces, although she should because they're always untied. Yes, I just wanted to rub salt in the wounds there. Mm. Now, you say that after the shootout, the good guys win. Cass gets to testify against Black Mask, resulting in him serving prison time. Yeah. And not well, really. He, su- that he, survives, he survives in my plot too. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that doesn't happen, obviously. But what does happen is... Harley Quinn gets to continue on being her wacky self, which is the case. So I give you two points for that. Yep. We didn't know that was going to happen. We didn't know that she was going to join the Birds of Prey, get arrested, well, die. Although we'd probably guess that she wouldn't do that. We knew that so she was going to appear in the Suicide Squad. So we had to <laughs> set her up for that. Yeah. Now, I got to uh, admit, I kind of steer you on the wrong path here because you start to say that maybe Black Mask is going to get hit in the face with a bat yes. or with uh, the mallet. And that's what's going to cause him to wear the mask. Who would have known that they would use the mask? He would use the mask when he has his mental breakdowns. Yes, <laughs> like, that's right. Uh, I guess we were both wrong there. So I kind of like that. I kind of like that about his character. You I mean, did? Yeah, it, it would have been better, sure, if he just wore the mask throughout the movie. But then I guess you don't get Ewan McGregor if you're just going to cover up his face the whole time. But I like that they actually included the black mask. And I like how, you know, when he had his mental breakdowns, it, you know, it became part of his personality. I guess, yeah. I guess we kind of thought that he would be a normal guy and this was going to be his origin story, but yeah, yeah. Black Mask was already a thing for him and it only got brought out when he was really mad. Yeah, that's right. Which, like I, I said, I kind of like that. Probably yeah. in this circumstance, the best thing you can do. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, you know, I, I tell you what, it's fair enough that they killed him because, you know, who wants the character back for another movie? No, you're totally he's not, right. He's not I a formidable think- villain. Yeah. Um, I feel like you would have been more right with your original thought, which you thought the black mask was used to conceal his identity. Yeah. Um, So I kind of think if you didn't listen to me, you probably would have been more right. But anyway, that was your plot. Yep. That was everything you said. What's the damage? Come on. It's like it's like when you go and have like a big dinner and you've promised to pay. Like you take your family out to dinner and you're like, "Don't worry, family, I'm paying this time." And then everyone orders these really expensive dishes. Like they're ordering like lobster rolls. They're ordering two filet mignons, and you're like, "Oh, geez, all right, here comes the waiter with the bill. What's the damage? All right, I want to hear it." You got twenty three points. Oof. Now I did, funnily enough, exactly what you did. I looked at everything you said and I sort of went, okay, well, in an ideal world, each point he made would have got two points, right? Well, not exactly. If it was something from the trailer, it would only have been a single point. Yeah. Yeah. So based on that, I kind of worked out that, you know, how how much you would have needed to get to get 100%. So what you did get when I calculated it was you got, you said you wanted to get 45%. Well, I thought I would be 45% accurate. Yeah. What you got was, you know, I think you said you wanted to be over 45%. What you got was 45.83%. Yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's a victory in my books, I guess. Congratulations. That means I was as accurate as you were, which listening back to that plot, I pretty much was as accurate as you were to the actual movie. Yeah. So that makes sense. Maths doesn't lie. Yeah. There we go. Oh. It's a success. Yeah. I guess I can't be upset at all. Look, 
we were both pretty wrong. Yes. This wasn't <laughs> our best. Our were terrible. It wasn't our best prediction. No. But I've got to say our predictions do improve in the future. This was a hard one, though, because the trailer was so chaotic. Yes. Um, there were so many moving parts. The movie so was characters. so chaotic. Yeah. It was, yeah, like we described, it was all over the place. So let's talk about our thoughts and feelings on the movie before we wrap it up. Matty okay. D, I'm, I'm interested to know what you think since I've sort of already teased my thoughts throughout the previous episodes. Yeah, look, I really wanted to like this movie and... See, that's where you went wrong. I went in not expecting to like the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And when I watched it, I won't say I hated all of it because there were some bits that I enjoyed. I liked the whole list of grievances stuff and there were some funny moments and there were some quirky moments. So there's some stuff that had me, but I just felt like watching it, I was like, they watered down so many characters that I liked, you know? Yeah. So it's oh, that's really- right, because you're a big DC fan, so you know about all these characters and their backstories. Yeah. So, for me, I was seeing a lot of these characters for the first time, so Harley Quinn was the only character that I was sort of familiar with. Yeah. I mean, like, Victor Zaz, Black Mask, Huntress, uh, Canary, Montoya, they, they, they're all, like, real badasses, and they're all really interesting characters and yeah. i felt like i was and it was the first time a lot of them have been put to screen and they were just like all watered down for me like they're all made to look way overly eccentric or way dull or like stupid you know just just to make harley quinn look way more quirky and crazy and flamboyant. well i guess it was her movie yeah i guess so but it was also the birds of prey movie you know so yeah well and also i just felt like watching this movie there were so many parts of it that were like so convoluted i think we've sort of talked about it in the plot but the fact that she steals a diamond and the fact that huntress like why didn't you just make it that black mask killed the huntress's family you know uh yeah they should have like clean that up so that okay she's they're all after the same bad guy but it was there was so many it felt like they were making five different movies and cramming it into one and it just became so messy. Yeah, it so, certainly was. Enjoyed parts of it, but not. But wait, not what? What did you think of the action scenes? I think that's the most important part. Oh, they were great. I think that was uh, the highlight of the movie for me. I was watching it with somebody, and they told me my housemate actually said that it reminded him of like seventies action movies, and I kind of agree with him. I yeah. kind of th- think it had that vibe, which I enjoyed. Well, I think some seventies action movies are a bit better, but still, I definitely agree with that vibe. Yeah. And um, Margot Robbie was great as Harley Quinn, you know, even though I'd like her to be a little bit meaner, but, you know, she was good. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think? Well, I've seen this movie twice now. I saw it in the cinemas back when it first came out, uh, and I saw it again uh, two days ago in preparation for this episode. And I've got to say, I went in with very little expectations, as I've already said. I went in not expecting to like this movie at all. Of course, it's a, a spin-off from Suicide Squad. Like, who's going who's gonna to think that that's going to be a good movie? And I was expecting pretty much, like, the same sort of thing. If you remember when yeah. we discussed this movie originally, the whole issue with Suicide Squad was that they had this sort of, like, concept for a gritty, PG, serious movie that they edited into trying to be, like, a fun, wacky adventure, which didn't really work. So, I was sort of expecting it to be a PG, fun, wacky adventure that I wouldn't like at all because, you know, my track record, you know, my history with these sort of movies. So, I went in with very low expectations. I wasn't expecting it to be as, like, violent and over the top as it was. So that really really violent. It really caught me off guard and I really, really enjoyed all of the action scenes and had a great time. So, I walked out of the cinema, like, pretty buzzed. I was just like, I tell you what, that was actually pretty good. But watching it a second time, the plot made more sense. I enjoyed watching the action scenes again, but... In my second viewing, I sort of like understood the characters a little bit better and their backstories a little bit better. And I sort of agree with you in saying like, yeah, it doesn't really match Harley Quinn's supposed character that she's doing a lot of the things that she's doing in this movie. Like she should be a lot more, as you said, a lot more meaner and a lot more crueler and violent if we're to believe that's what her character is from previous installments or future installments, as the case may be. So that sort of irked me a little bit. And I realized as well that a lot of the other characters weren't as loud and as over the top as Harley Quinn. I mean, I didn't mind Black Mask. He had his moments. But for the most part, the movie suffered from Harley Quinn not being on screen-itis. So I found <laughs> any time there wasn't an action scene or Harley Quinn wasn't doing something, I was just like, yeah, when are we going to get back to what Harley Quinn's doing? Yeah. And as I've said in the past, I don't love that character, but it was very much her movie. And when she wasn't on screen, it was sort of suffered for it. Did you like her more in this movie? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I liked her voiceover. I like, as you said, her grievances. Uh, I liked a lot of elements of the movie, but it didn't really gel into like a great movie. 
It was fine. Need- it passed the time. It was entertaining, but it wasn't great. I felt like they needed to clean up a lot of it just to give more time to like the characters and things like that. Like we didn't have any time with Montoya really. We didn't have any time with the Huntress really. You know, no. like how are we supposed to care about these characters? Give them some personality. Yes, and have them do more badass stuff, as you say. Mm-hmm. Have them stand out as much as Harley Quinn does, and we'll appreciate them more. I mean, I liked it when they teamed up at the end and they were kicking ass in the funhouse. But aside from that, they did very little. Yeah, like that whole Huntress backstory thing. I was like, this is really good. I wish the whole movie was like this. And she's barely in it. Yeah, she definitely needed to be in the movie more. I think anyway, especially me being a personal fan of Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. And I guess I was surprised. I didn't think, I I knew it was going to be a Harley Quinn movie, but I thought she wasn't going to be the protagonist. I thought she was kind of going to be like the Jack Sparrow character that does her selfish things, but the, you know, like the main character would have been the Huntress or or Cass or somebody. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, listening to your opinions of that and what your grievances were, without spoiling anything, you may actually end up liking the Suicide Squad a lot more. Not the original 2016's. Suicide Squad, but the movie we just talked about a couple of weeks ago, the movie that's only just come out, The Suicide Squad, is very sort of similar to this movie, though they've sort of ironed out a lot of the grievances you've had with this movie. And Harley Quinn very much takes a backseat in that movie too. Yeah. So the focus, nice. the focus is on the other characters. Starro. Yes. Well, Starro is a big character in that movie, I've got to say. Bigger than you'd expect in more ways than one. <laughs> but yeah, all right. So... Let's open it up to the audience. If you, the dear listener, have your opinions on uh, Birds of Prey, what did you think of it? Did you love the movie? Did you hate the movie? Why did you love it? Why did you hate it? You can let us know in several places. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. So potentialspoilerspod is all one word. Or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or you could just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Were we unfair with our points? Let us know that as well. I think we were pretty fair. I don't think anyone's going to have any grievances here. If anything, we're a little too generous. Yeah. All right. So, before we wrap it up for another episode, let's talk about what movie we're going to be predicting next week. Let's. Matty D, I hope you're keen to go back to the superhero well. Feels like we're oh living my- in this well. God. <laughs> yeah. We, I feel like we've been doing nothing but superhero movies for the last month or so. And we're, we're staying in that well. Buffalo Bill is like looming over the top asking, you know, us to put lotion in our skin. Yeah, I know. It's like that, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Because next week we're talking about the sequel to, I don't, I don't remember when the original movie came out, but next week we're talking about Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Oh, <laughs> oh. Have you seen the first one? I have not, but I'm going to have to for this episode, aren't I? Kieran, you know how I feel like, you know I can enjoy a superhero movie more than you. Yeah, well, I apparently not in the, not with uh, Birds of Prey. Well, no, I, I didn't, like, I had a fun time in parts of Birds of Prey. That wasn't, like, a bad movie to get through. Yeah, okay. This movie, Venom, was a bad movie. Oh, no, don't tell me that. I like Tom Hardy. At least Tom Hardy might bring something. Please tell me that. Uh, I wouldn't hold your breath. Oh, no. This is going to be an awful experience. And then yes, we have to predict be. the I sequel. I you, it will be. Oh, jeez. All right, well, maybe some people out there love that first movie and they just want to hear our impressions of it. Maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe I'll go in quite like with Birds of Prey. I'll go in with low expectations and be blown away. <laughs> I'm not hopeful, though. <laughs> I, I hope you do. Oh, okay. All right. We're going to have to bite that bullet. Oh, jeez. All right, so until we return next week for uh, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage... Yeah, until then, we're going to go to our ex's chemical plant and blow it up. Hey, nice. What the hell is up with this bow and arrow stick? It's not a fucking bow and arrow, it's a crossbow. I'm not 12. (laughs) I love this chick. She's got rage issues. I don't have rage issues!